previously on Hashtag Cult Podcast. Oh, I wish it was that. <laughs> I wish that I wish that every time I walked into a room, I got that Dragon Ball Z previously. Well, have I isolated our listeners already? Probably. Hey, uh, I realize we have a lot of new listeners because we're playing our suite of episodes with the wonderful Mika Spielberg, who is, of course... Not only a, uh, a cam worker, she's in the sex industry, but is the daughter of Steven Spielberg. If you haven't heard the previous episodes, please, this is a documentary-style podcast. You've got to start from the beginning. We are investigating a cult called MGTOW. The format of this show is we're doing a documentary, and we take the interviews that we filmed and chop them up and analyze them as we continue to make the final feature-length documentary about this cult. I did one such interview with Mika Spielberg, and that's what we're listening to now. Uh, I wanted to interview someone in the camming industry. I approached Mika Spielberg. Uh, She was into it, and within seconds of starting our interview, she had already heard of MGTOW as a cult and had run-ins with it. And now we're kind of going through her experience, abuse, life, and I really think Mika is wonderful. Start the show over, and now we start the listening of the the show with the theme song, and then it starts again. Enjoy. What you are about to hear is the Hashtag Cult Podcast. What is a Hashtag Cult? Hashtag Cults are groups that signal membership by using a hashtag or keyword. This allows the group to operate on many different sites and makes them difficult to pinpoint. They use the hashtag model to spread propaganda on a variety of social media platforms without having a central account. This is usually because their ideas are offensive or their methods of communicating are abusive and border on website policy violations. In this show, we will show you the coercive groups and cults hiding in plain sight on the internet. just going to start like we're radio professionals. Who the hell am I? Well, I'm I'm Mike Ballack, one of the co-hosts of Hashtag Cold Podcast. And who the hell is my co-host this time? I'm Rachel Klochevsky. I'm a sex and relationship therapist. I was actually more interested in how she was, how she met them through, um, I just forgot the, the darts. Was it darts or pool? Oh, uh, no, I, 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 I don't, uh, we, we talk a lot about the darts later. That was unclear to me. I'll have to ask Mika whether she, she met him through, uh, I believe that that was someone who, um, it was like a combination of through the darts people. We're going to get into it later. She, 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 um, Mika for a, a good portion of her life was working at a club, um, with a very serious, or, or, and hanging out and socializing, working at a, a bar uh, with a very serious uh, darts community um, there. But I don't, it was, un, you know, now I don't know. Now I think as a journalist, I'm, I don't remember if that person, I was under the impression that he, he was a, uh, a client via the camming business. Um, I'll have to get that clarification. Um, but, 
I the, I've had a hard time to be honest finding someone to talk about because uh, assuming that it's someone through the the camming business which I believe it was um, oh okay uh, and he, he we, we're gonna hear about this uh, in a second who this person you know what that's actually no nah, that's too much to dig into I've had a hard time getting an interview really from someone in camming to talk about what you talked about in response which is the idea that if you don't know a big part of uh, not you Rachel the, the audience you Rachel is of <laughs> course educated in the ways of of genitals but you might not be you out there um if you don't know custom videos are a big part of camming uh websites like many vids like what mika uses or um only fans um or even chatterbait or these uh, these other um custom camming websites um a big element of it is people will write in pay money a standard rate to get a custom video through snapchat or even posted on the the site itself and from the beginning we, we've had this theory me and my partner and everyone that's worked in research that we've had a really hard time asking about which is are these trends that we see for example incest in the camming world are those trends coming hmm. from the desire of customized people you know where is this trend coming from where does it start how does it, it there's no tracking in terms of people's um mental health and the fetish videos that they request which i don't think i think niche is probably the better word than fetish but the 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 because i'm not because i'm not describing a fetish but because i'm describing a broader range of things um and We've had a hard time, like you said, well, they've got to go somewhere and this is the better place to go it, to go to it is to get these custom things. I mean, when you're talking about these custom pornographic films, you would think that that's something that's very expensive, but for the peace of mind to get some, and this is where my theory comes from, from the peace of mind to get some piece of pornography that fits and is secretive and is somehow works in some troubled state that you're in like someone in a cult like someone in MGTOW like someone dealing with these problems in a negative way you're talking about I mean anywhere between five and seventy dollars on the high range I mean that's nothing mm -hmm. it, it, it's a crazy cheap price and so you see all the turmoil these people have living on the internet one would think that that they would be doing these things but again it's 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 this, this covert on covert on covert where the sex worker is just going to do the adult work that they're there to do. And the, right. the, the buyer is going to interact more, but the sex workers are really good at diverting that interest. It's a, a valuable skill for people in adult films and, and sex work is to not invest so much that the customer is under the impression that they're getting more attention they, they good sex workers are really good at drawing that that line it's an impressive skill so they're not gonna the, the person coming to them to get the a video is not going to divulge that much and if they do the sex worker is going to pull back so that they don't blow the sale so right. it's this whole thing where we've i've really really struggled that thing you're talking about about that's where a MGTOW would go to get xyz to get this thing I've, I've had such a hard time getting 
really an answer because nobody knows the answer. No one's doing the research. Um, so that being said, while we're on this, let's go to clip number two, where not only does <laughs> Mika know MGTOW, she lays out pretty much all of its tenants in one fell swoop. But you just no scope pulled out that you thought it was MGTOW. So like what made you what made you guess that? Um, the no masturbation, um, the behavior, and then like the way that I had this. Okay. So I had this one guy who was like MGTOW. I don't know who he is. I've never seen his face. I don't think he has Twitter because he's so extreme about his stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I had him write an entire article about me that my parents at then at the time therapists sent to them because it was so fucking ugly and upsetting, not to me, but the way they talked about just me as a person was so like, Oh my God. But I did end up emailing my family and being like, this is not the kind of person you want to listen to. I hope you know that this is like basically a member of MGTOW. Like they're not credible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this was, uh, this is just an extension yeah. of it. Um, what did you think of this clip? So the thing that really stuck out to me was the article that was written by, about her and was sent to her parents. Wait, was that was that a question? I'm, I I I might have missed the the end there. Oh, I was just like I was trying to understand the person that would, you know, get to know that she exists, mm-hmm. right? So that means that he has existed in her space, right? In the sex work space. And then not only shame her, but then try to expose her to her family. And that entire article is just like, it just shows the, the not just audacity, right? But it, the dissonance that this person is sitting with, like, why her? Why'd you do that? Why would you write this? Yeah. And why would you go to such an extent? So, um, so people have the narrative here, just so it's clear. I believe that Miko was open with her family at, uh, uh, fairly recently before this article came out. And mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it was one of these really bad timing things where I have to laugh because it's, you know, it's almost like in, in, in a movie she was trying to portray to her family that this is not as a ridiculous career path as maybe as it seems. And then this crazy article about her being a MGTOW comes out. And of course, um, I believe we get to it later on her, her theory as to why they do this, or at least her personal experience. uh, She felt in her heart, it was due to the Judaism thing. And due mm-hmm. to uh, there's a clip later that we're going to dig more into, but the the thing is is the main idea that we have been told about this group and most hashtag cults is they operate via publishing, they operate via a sense of not being heard, which I think we all can relate to. And that being said, where the cult element comes into it is they aren't looking to be heard. They are, they are attaching to unheard and therefore are, 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 are doing all these things and publishing all this stuff and interacting in some, in some way. Um, 
the best way to to deal with these people is truly like you know not writing about them sensationally and not and being unaware and being and not being aware that what they're looking for is attention um to write about them and talk about them in a way that says you know hey you've got something uh, crazy going on uh we're not gonna fall for your trap to be a martyr you know um and amazingly mika does deal with it well now we're gonna go Right into clip number four, where we talk about uh, the, the the Jew angle to this whole thing. In their approach to like men's health at all. No, and so so I can imagine was this sort of accusing you of uh, I'll use their terms being a thought and being somewhat manipulative of people, and that you're trying to steal people's money by using your body in some by my my. My kind of like my evil like Jewess like ways like that kind of thing you know like the the stereotype of like you don't the, get, you don't oh get to God. use Jewess so much and feel okay about it so I'm really glad that like we got yeah that's great and so it was about Judaism too it was about was it about anything to do with any I mean they attack every single part of people's lifestyles mm-hmm. I mean you can send us the article I don't want to make you like rehash it but that's that's how no, did, it was crazy. It didn't bother me because it was so nonsensical. This is like so much that's not like it literally was like, this is incoherent, like babble, but it's also kind of freaky because I've never seen this guy. I don't know what his socials are. Mm -hmm. And it was like one of the most, I think, viewed things about me, which is like giving him more power. I'm going to send it to you anyways. But like if I ever talk about it, which is why I've never really talked about it. Mm -hmm. It was just weird because of like the MGTOW element. Yeah. And like, yeah. They, how'd you feel about this? <laughs> I mean, of course, right? Like, of course they will attack every aspect of a person's life. And it's also now, especially after we did the um, My Black Opinion episode, you know, like, why would there be Jewish MGTOWs? Well, because you need a place to hate on women somewhere and you might as well do it there because we're used to anti-Semitism. Um, so yeah, the evil Jewish ways really struck me. I, I literally laughed out loud when she said that. <laughs> because I was like, Jewish. I know. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it, yeah. And, 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 when I, I was on, um, we, we recorded for uh, a sort of team up uh, with so-called Oreos, which they're trying to change their name. It's all um, three black women who talk about, um, they have a podcast where they talk about um, not feeling like they are counted as black, being viewed as not black. They talk about that issue. Um, and not necessarily that that's how they identify, but that, uh, f- that issue in the world. And it, it, it is shocking to me when people talk about these groups, they go, and, and this was my thing coming into it and why uh, I wanted to come to these this story with a fresh perspective and not taking in any other people's stuff. I had this interaction um, with someone online where they were posting in this uh, group of um, 
uh, ex red pill people. And I messaged them and I said, Hey, you know, like this thing, like they might not respond to you in this way. Like I'm, I'm, they were doing some college paper. And I said, if they don't respond to you, like you can use some of the stuff that, that I've used. And they're like, well, they, they, they said something about it's known that they're all, you know, that, that, that white supremacists in these groups are, are the same. It's like, well, yeah. And when you are a white supremacist in a world where a lot of people are trying their damnedest to make this world better, you're going to go to places where you know hate is accepted. And so when I was on so-called right. Oreos, they were like, well, are they white? Are they black or whatever? And it was shocking to me to be able to distinguish that the, 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 the efficiency of using sort of white racism in this group of knowing who's in the room and being a classic narcissist and essentially feeling out what hateful stuff you can say in a room and saying it it was amazing to me so in rooms where it was all white christians oh blacks people and jews that's what the MGTOWs were complaining about it, 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 we, there isn't enough to complain about about any of these one groups for more than a few minutes at a time you have to make it this culty idea of the theory of everything in order to keep talking for so long and get so much attention that's yeah and that's one of the ways they hide right they make it like Oh, it's about money. Well, it's not about money. It's about how you, you kind of think Jews control money <laughs> because, and it's the Jewish. And so the women are controlling the Jewish men. And then the men it's uh, are under the thumb of the Jewish women in the, there's not enough to talk about mm -hmm. if you don't expand right. to those things. And, and of course the stereotype of the Jewish woman, um, like as a wife is a ball buster, right? She, she gets things done and she runs her household and she takes responsibility for everything. And like, I'll never forget when I first allowed myself to start dating non-Jewish people because I was like, you know what? That didn't work out for me very well. So I'm just going to date whomever I want. Um, I would get so many men say to me, I always wanted a Jewish woman. And I was like, oh, I don't fit that stereotype. <laughs> I'm the opposite of that. I want the least amount of responsibility. <laughs> and then they would go around and start telling me that I'm a bad Jew because I'm not fitting their stereotype of a Jewish woman. So it's almost like even if you're not the person that they think you are, they still want you to be that person so that they can keep hating you. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, right? Like you had talked about this term and I think we've we've we we should get to it one day as like a special. I don't remember the term, but I was editing, I just edited the episode where you mentioned it, um where it's the idea that everything is fabricated from that that man fabricates every element of of that there 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 it's hard to track down what is actually factual and what is just kind of fabricated by man in society yeah social constructivism i want to do like a whole episode on that and like <laughs> analyze our our project in itself because i think it fits right in but it, it's an it's a crazy element of this right where it's like in order to sometimes like like in order to come sometimes confront anti-semitism you have to recognize this idea that like someone has written down in some secret cove somewhere what they think a Jew is. 
And so it's like, yeah, it's kind of annoying because it almost makes you have to define something which almost need not be defined. And it's having to engage in a conversation uh, about the way of people that is for the most part ill-defined and unimportant when people aren't being hurt um you know so yeah. it's it's a very it's a very odd thing um uh so i i also i also think that everyone in in who is raised in the world of of judaism especially in the modern era more than ever in the modern era i'll call it a post fiddler on the roof era um it has that moment where they stop wanting to, see, to stop seeing Judaism as this uh, race. Is that the best way to say it? it views, view it as something that possibly isn't uh, that. They, they all have that, that, that moment of uh, you have to confront anti-Semitism by kind of recognizing that it's... Uh, it's, it may not be, you sort of have to go like, hmm, what is, how much of this is actually even a part of me and how much of it is uh, just the way my grandparents were or the way my parents are. And, and so it's, it's, it's necessary and to how exist. Much, and, and also how much was created by the oppressors who wanted Jews to be there, right? Like Jews control the money. Well, yeah, because when Christianity was in charge, they weren't allowed to gather interest from yeah. other Christians, so they forced Jews to run the banks. It's not like that's what we were seeking to do. We were forced to work that job because that's all they allowed us to do. <laughs> and, like, they came into the United States, so the same legacy just, to like, shifted over to another continent. None of that was going to change because it stuck around. There is a expression before we get into the the rest of the episode that the the, the most to fill in if you don't know is this weird thing the the we I'm putting this out there the weirdest thing any religion does it's so and not in terms of weird like bad to fill in is crazy looking it's it's, it's kinky it's it is a little kinky yeah um and it's um. It, 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 they say that the most tefillin in the world resides uh, at the bottom of uh, the, you know, the Hudson, where Lady Liberty is. I think that all people who are part of groups that have been oppressed over time um, realize that there is a certain spectrum of rejection of who you are and mm -hmm. uh, looking at culture as something that can hurt you really like uh, makes you have to identify what what it what does it what is it really and that's why I think we got to do a whole episode through social somethingism that I have forgotten the term of already <laughs> and let's go well it's constructivism okay. but constructivism it's well it's constructive yeah. and now I will pretend it's committed to memory okay so <laughs> if you or someone you know has experienced a hashtag cult is trapped in a hashtag cult or you have been affected by any group mentioned in this show go to hashtag cult.org for resources or to get in touch with the show we want to hear your story